I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Each fortnight we bring you a mixture of features and discussions exploring every aspect of gardening. Plant care, pest control, growing your own fruit and vegetables and expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Jan Lamborn, one of the team who look after the fruit gardener here at RHS Wisley. In this edition of the podcast we visit the 2013 RHS Tatton Park Flower Show. And coming up, practical seasonal advice, including planting autumn bulbs, combating summer pests and pruning your bay trees. A focus on this year's RHS Tatton Park Flower Show. Expert recommendations for plants to achieve late summer colour. And a guide to air plants. But first, let's get some seasonal practical advice on what to do in your garden now from the team here at RHS Garden Wisley. Hello, my name is Lucy Ponsford and I'm part of the formal team here at RHS Wisley. Some things you ought to be thinking about doing this time of year, planting your spring flowering bulbs. With any bulbs, a great rule of thumb is to plant them three times their depth. So you look at the size of your bulb and you place it on your trowel and you take it down three times as deep, that will ensure it will flower and repeat year on year. Spring flowering bulbs really put their energy into their first flowering year. So if you're trying to naturalise, don't go for the more blousier bulbs. Some of the more blousy ones put on a fantastic show. I like to plant in high density. So if you can get a job lot of bulbs from your garden centre or or order them in, um, plant as many as possible and plant them um, close together. If you are looking to do a permanent display part them even a bit deeper just so that they're not going to get into the planting zone of anything you'll put on top another thing you should be doing this time of year is pruning your wisteria you will have lots of long tendrils growing all out from your wisteria structure that should be trained to a wall or wrapped around posts as we have here at wisley trained as standards you want to take those lengths off uh, this helps the plant put the energy into the spurs or the flower bearing buds that are along its stems. Hello, Andrew Salisbury here, Senior Entomologist at Wisley. You may have noticed in spring some of the evergreen thick-leaved shrubs such as hollies and camellias became covered in a a sooty mould. And that was probably caused by a pest called cushion scale. As we went through the spring and early summer, you may have noticed some white fluffy material in the undersurface of the leaves. That's the egg masses. But it's July 
that uh, is the best time to treat these pests because that's when the egg masses hatch and it's at this time of year where you spray with a suitable insecticide. In fact, many of the scale insects, it's the eggs hatch at this time of year. The adult insects are difficult to control uh, because they have hard outer body shells and pesticides don't penetrate them very well. So you always spray them when the eggs hatch and the young nymphs are present. Another thing to look out for with this warm weather we've been having is uh, the glasshouse or two-spotted spider mite becoming a pest out of doors. It's normally a problem in glasshouses, but in long, hot summers it can become a problem on plants out of doors. Uh, what you're really looking for is plants becoming mottled. Uh, if you look under the surface of the leaves, you'll see some fine webbing and uh, maybe some, some insect skins and some other detritus. Uh, and all you can really do is either leave the plants to it, they may recover, uh, or spray with a suitable uh, a caricide. This is Matthew Pottage, garden manager at RHS Garden Wisley. So something we can be getting on with now is looking at bay trees. Bay trees are quite popular as topiaries, as containerized plants, and now is the time of year to spend a bit of time with them with the secateurs. They've had their flush of foliage for this year and that's starting to ripen and it is now the time just to clip them back into shape. Uh, but if you can, take the secateurs to them. A pair of shears chops the leaves in half, it can leave them looking a bit tatty. So take a nice pair of sharp secateurs, go between the leaves, take it down to a node and just take it back to whatever shape or size the bay tree was designated to be. And also remember this time of year and throughout the summer, if you've got your bay trees in pots, they are hungry plants. There's nothing worse than a yellow-looking bay tree, so do remember to give it a bit of a feed. As you're watering it, a liquid feed will be brilliant, just to keep it really looking tip-top. The other thing I want to just bring to your attention is we just look over here on these lilies. You can see on the stems, that, like between the leaves and the stem of the lily, these small, shiny, dark, they're actually called bulbils. Almost sounds like a baby bulb, and that's almost exactly, you know, what this thing is. And this is plants for free. This is future lily bulbs for free. And now is the time of year to just carefully prise these away. You can see these larger ones are almost falling away. They're quite loose now. Collect them up in a tray. Try and keep them the same way up. And you can plant these into a little free-draining mix. I'm just going to put them into a seed pan, which is quite a shallow little uh, compost pot. And literally place them on the surface. Just give them a very light firm. You don't want to completely submerge these, but just push them down enough so they're in contact with the compost. Give them a fine sprinkle over. And put them in a cold frame or a part of a greenhouse that doesn't get absolutely baked. Remember, lilies do kind of like a cooler, moister uh, condition. And these will start to take root. And while there'll be a few years till they flower, they really will grow away and be future lily plants. And when you think how much you pay for a lily bulb, it really does make it worth it. You can find more tips and advice on growing your own fruit and vegetables on the RHS website, rhs.org.uk forward slash grow your own. Here you can also find video guides to key jobs in the garden. I'm Jan Lambourne and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. This year's Tatton Park Flower Show runs from the 25th to the 28th of July and features four distinctive zones, each with its own special atmosphere and flavour. Grow, inspire, feast and escape. We caught up with Tatton's show manager Chris Hulovich on the line last week to find out more. Well, hello, this is uh, Chris Hulovich. I'm the show manager for the RHS Flower Show at Tatton Park here near Nutsud in Cheshire. Um, at Tatton Park this year, we have um, quite a few highlights, many of them 
new features of the show for customers to enjoy. Uh, one of the highlights is the what we call the Grow Zone, and that's the sort of horticultural part of the show. Um, and this includes the RHS floral marquee. Um, and within that this year, for the first time, we have potting bench uh, demonstrations where the exhibitors themselves take turns to sort of profile their particular genera of plant, and that would be quite exciting. Um, with that, we have the plant village, um, and that's sort of a revised version of the plant plants that we've had up to now. Um, this would be even more exciting because we're allowing really a free hand for the exhibitors to build their, their garden designs. Uh, all of this is complemented, with, again, with the RHS National Flower Bed Competition. Uh, we have a Grow Talks Theatre that's hosted by Matthew Biggs this year. We have the National Plant Societies and Plant Heritage Marquee. So there's plenty to see in the sort of horticultural heart of the show. The other zone we have is called Inspire. And that sort of features the cutting edge ideas and concepts. So you can find the RHS National Young Designer of the Year gardens there. We've got three of them. Um, we have a new theme this year in that we have Galaxy Gardens. Um, and they're complemented with a, a wonderful feature from Dodrell Bank itself, which is just around the corner here in Cheshire. Um, and in addition, we have the floral design studio uh, with different types of con conventional and uh, indeed contemporary floral designs. That's very exciting. And they have ongoing demonstrations throughout the day. Our third feature is called Escape. Um, and in it, you'll find the Country Living Magazine Pavilion, uh, the Northwest School's Growing Competition and Gardens. And they're designed with relaxation and the coast in mind. It's really Escape to the Coast. Um, we even have a Victorian helter-skelter uh, for people to enjoy. The fourth uh, zone that we have this year is called Feast, and that celebrates the fresh produce. It includes the Great British Allotment feature, and it also has the new cookery theatre for the first time. Um, we have the RHS Summer Fruit and Vegetable Competition Pavilion, um, and we, in addition we have the Great Taste Market, which allows visitors to taste all different types of food from around the area, um, and we have edible themed gardens um, and very in, in, inspiring gardens and give you lots of idea for growing your own garden. We look forward to welcoming everybody. The RHS Tatton Park Flower Show runs until the 28th of July. For details on how to purchase tickets and for more information on the four zones, visit the shows and events page of our website at rhs.org.uk. A question the RHS advice team is often asked is, how can people introduce more colour into their gardens in late summer? Many people can find their gardens a little lacklustre in July and August, following June's colourful riot of flowers. Shows such as the RHS Flower Show Tutton Park at the end of July are the perfect places to see stunning floral displays and fine plants. So we spoke to nurserymen at Tutton for their tips on how to achieve a late summer colour. I'm Rosemary Hardy from Hardy's College Garden Plants in Whitchurch in Hampshire. Late summer colour in the garden is one of those things which a lot of people sort of forget about because they've been so busy getting all their spring garden, their midsummer garden, and then suddenly there's a hole 
and there are some fantastic plants out there ranging from shrubs such as the late flowering hydrangeas uh, right the way through to leucanthemums, leucanthemellas all of the beautiful daisy family are starting to come through and look really really good so you start with the early asters going into the late asters rudbeckias giving you wonderful golden colours all the echinaceas and then you've got things like, as I say, Leucanthamella, which is a beautiful white. And you can get anything from something that's flowering at five, six inches high, right the way up to something that's flowering at six, seven foot high. Hydrangeas are amazing things because uh, the forms that we grow, such as the hydrangea grandifloras or the paniculata types, uh, are very, very good for semi-shady positions, which is where a lot of people struggle. And we tend to have the ones which are the creams, greens, and therefore look really, really good in a late border because they show up so well in a darker area. They're very, very easy to grow. The pruning of them is literally give them a good prune back uh, after flowering and then in the spring see where the buds are coming from and give them a prune then. Um, They make reasonable-sized clumps and some of them have huge big heads such as Annabelle or you have slightly daintier in paniculata limelight. The autumn flowering perennials are just so wonderful, as I say, all the daisy plants. And if you've remembered to um, Chelsea chop the tall ones, they won't be quite so floppy and you won't have to stake them as much. Um, But the majority of the autumn flowering herbaceous stuff does tend to be um, daisies for a season, with a few things such as Hesperantha dropped in, so you get some bright reds and pinks as well as the whites, blues and yellows. With all the late flowering herbaceous perennials, um, a lot of them will have um, really tall flowers and the best thing to do is let them go over, then cut them back to about six inches. Uh, Anything that's got a a square stem, make sure that you don't actually cut those back because those square stems are hollow and if you cut them back in the autumn, you will find that the plants will get rot and everything else into the crowns. Do not split the autumn flowering perennials until the spring. That's a much better time. Um, Lift them and split them in the spring, about March time, and then put them into a really well-prepared planting hole and you will have fabulous plants for the following autumn. My name's James Cook. I come from Cook's the Garden Centre in Starport and Seven. Late flowers, you've got obviously the hydrangeas that go on through to about September, August, September. Especially the hydrangea fireworks, that's one of my favourites by a mile. The best thing about them is they're absolutely bomb-proof when it comes to, when it comes to the frost. The big worry about them when it is in the winter is, because they're so desperate for water all the time, it's in the winter the best ground preparation you can do is keep churning the ground even though it might be freezing but if your soil is getting frozen they can't get to the water and that is essential for their growth so if you if they if you see them going sad in the winter that's probably why i mean the one trick that i was taught was you dig inwards in towards the roots so hopefully the water can just drain down and everything and there's nothing wrong with putting a bit of bark on top of them and that's the best way to look after your hydrangeas another plant which is flowers a a bit later is actually the euphorbia diamond frost but i do remember that being a bit hardier than the gloria that is about around about now which is great because you can make some really really fantastic baskets with it and you can and there you don't have to worry about so much them going into the later season which is great if you get them right and you can get them really properly bushed out and nice you get a really nice uh snowflake effect going all the way across your basket 
and they really, really are great for the later season baskets. Hello, I'm Martin Flint from Chrysanthemums Direct. Uh, we're a specialist nursery based in Nutsford, Cheshire, growing uh, chrysanthemum plants and also chrysanthemum cut flower. Uh, chrysanthemums are traditionally a late summer autumn flowering plant. Um, they do very well you know, supplying colour at that time of year when there's not too much else about. The most popular varieties tend to be the big bloom varieties. Um, people seem to like those, remember them from their, from their childhood, from their parents or their grandparents growing them. And also very popular at the moment are the green varieties, uh, which we sell a lot of. The easiest ones to grow are the spray varieties. You really just get them potted up as a young plant, get them growing away, pinch the top out to make them break and send out side shoots and then plant them out in the garden and really you don't have to do much else to them after that. The bloom varieties are just as easy to grow but a little bit more work if you want to get the large blooms because you have to disbud them so that you end up with one large flower on each stem rather than lots of smaller flowers. Uh, the best pl- place in the garden really for chrysanthemums is, is a sunny position and they like fairly well-drained soil. They don't want to be wet at the feet. Generally speaking, chrysanthemums don't suffer from many diseases or pests. You occasionally get green fly like you will on, on any plant and you just treat that with any proprietary um, killer from a, from a garden centre. But generally speaking, they don't suffer with too many problems. My name's Brian Jacobson. We're from Colmview Nursery. That's in Devon. Well, well, some of my favourite plants, plants are heleniums. They're, they're really uh, great for late flowering. There's a particular one called Sahin's Early Flowering, which will start um, late July. But then you can actually cut them back and you can get a really late flush, you know, October time. Uh, and they go on flowering for a long, long time. Phlox, another one. Uh, quite a tall uh, perennial with quite a domed head of multicoloured starlight flowers deep purple centres and slightly white or lighter outside you know outer, outer petals RHS flower shows are also fantastic places to discover unusual plants to brighten your garden and inside your home if you're short on outdoor space or even have no soil at all why not try growing an air plant hello I'm Aldo Airplant and I'm here at Tatton selling air plants. An air plant is a plant that lives on a tree without hurting it. It's not a parasite, it is a epiphyte, growing a little bit like a mistletoe but not uh, killing the tree. Air plants are actually very easy to grow. You only have to look at the color of the leaves. Uh, the darker the leaves, the more shade you gave. The grayer the leaves and even gray-white, full sun. The air plants grow in South America and only in South America. It begins with the Everglades, Florida, where everybody can see the Spanish moss growing in the trees, and it ends in Argentina, not on any other place. Uh, if you find them in, in America, in, in Australia, they are brought to Australia. They don't grow wild in Australia. The air plants is actually a family from Bromeliad, but is the biggest family in the Bromelia group with 600 natural species and a few hundred hybrids. It's very, very, very colorful. Uh, some people might say they are dull plants, but once you see them in flower, you get color from white to orange to yellow to red, and they are uh, blooming actually every year. 
the interesting thing about airplanes is they don't need to be repotted every year or every two years. You just hook them to a piece of driftwood, lovely piece of driftwood or seashell or anything actually, and they live on there all their life. Airplanes you can grow actually on a simple base by spraying them once a week. Give them a good shower, give them a good spray once a week. That's enough. If it gets a bit hotter like last week in Hampton Court, then uh, you spray that week twice or three times. We ourselves drink a bit more when it gets a bit hotter. But actually all the year round is a good spray once a week. My favorite is Tectorum, which the leaves are nearly white, they look snow white, and Flabellata. Flabellata is a colorful uh, flower branch, red with blue flowers, and even after blooming, the red stays for months on the plant, so you have actually nearly six months a year a flower bunch hanging on your plant. thanks to Aldo and a reminder that if you'd like more information on the Tatton Park Flower Show do visit the shows and events pages of our website rhs.org.uk Now if you can't make it to Tatton this year here's what's happening across our RHS gardens in the coming weeks At Wisley the great garden adventure runs until the 1st of September Become an intrepid explorer It's a great day out for all the family as kids go free At Hyde Hall, there'll be award-winning nurseries, talks and advice, and lots of shopping opportunities for the gardener at the Hyde Hall Flower Show from the 1st to the 4th of August. And at Harlow Carr, there's music in the garden every Sunday throughout August. So sit back and spend a lazy summer Sunday in the garden. At Rosemore on the 1st of August, join Mr Toad as he embarks on a number of daring adventures with help from his riverside chums, Rat, Badger and Mole, in the outdoor theatres, The Adventures of Mr Toad. More details of all of these events, as always, are on our website, rhs.org.uk. Well, we're out of time on this edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight when plantsman Matthew Biggs will take us on a guided tour of RHS Rosemore. Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Jan Lamborn and the podcast team, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Crest robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Crest robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. 
Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.